2: It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog.
3: The last three, four weeks have been a struggle. I'm not being able to get my hands on the ball as much, but this week showed that when you throw me the ball, I can make the plays. It's
2: play action. Down the left sideline, looking for Davis over the shoulder. Grab is good. And he's out of bounds at the six-yard line. It's first and goal for Buffalo.
0: It's Mike Shope. He hasn't had the touches called over the last couple of weeks, but he's blocked well. He's been in the right spots, and he just stayed with it. And the ball finds you when you do things the right way, and I'm extremely proud of him for it. And the Bulldog.
2: Has to roll out to his right to buy time. Looking downfield. He's got Gabe Davis over the shoulder. Caught at the 15, and he drives his way into the end zone for the touchdown. Wow! It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog on WGR Sports Radio 550.
4: Well, I benched that guy just in time, uh, Gabe Davis. Cool move, Mike. You didn't need my fantasy angst at like the first seconds of the week of shows here, but you got it. (laughs) Hey, look, hey, uh, team was too good. Team was too good. You get into these playoff weeks and you want to be a little contrarian. So I didn't really want to sit C.D. Lamb or A.J. Brown or Brandon Ayuk or even Rashi Rice. But I'm going to go ahead in week 14 and and slip Davis in there on an Allen team and take Rice out because, come on, he's a rookie. Bagel. Week 15, you know, a little bit tougher odds here. But take Ayuk out. So I can keep Davis in there against Dallas, you know, why not? Got to got to shoot for the... Mo- Bagel, week 16, come on, Mike, don't overthink it. That's what you say, right? You say, you over- if you make a mistake by strategizing, thinking about it, quote, too much, then you overthought it, and that's never, that's never something that's thought of as a good thing. I might be overthinking the word overthinking as we speak right here. So Davis needs to go. It's obvious. Why wasn't I smart enough to know this the last two weeks? It's the life we chose. Merry Christmas. Thanks for being along. A little bit of a different lineup today, starting with that Bulldog is off. He's off this week for the holidays, so good for him. I'll have Eric Wood here in just a few seconds. Eric needed to move up a little bit. We don't have Trista today. She's on vacation. A lot of that going around. Uh, Eric and then Sal Capaccio at four, and I think Ross Tucker is still locked in four uh, five we'll talk playoff picture mvp race all kinds of different things uh today and all week should be a lot of fun and right now on the west her hotline is eric wood just realizing eric that i'm drinking out of a eric wood celebrity roast glass
5: that's better than drinking a uh eric wood blonde ale from resurgence that uh, is benefiting the evan wood fund uh right now i thought that's that that wouldn't be appropriate right now. I think that violates FCC. Uh, <laughs> but that would be an FCC violation. But uh, I can really feel on uh, your fantasy convo, and not that we need to mm-hmm. hijack the conversation to you know, us both complaining about uh, playoff losses in fantasy. But last week, I kept Waddle on the bench. The Jets had really limited team's number one receivers, and I played Ayuk over him, and that shouldn't have been the play. I mean, I I overthought it. I mean, Tyreek Hill is out of the game last week. I should have played Waddle. He had 30 some points. That would have given me the win. Uh the guy who beat me in fantasy had Jared Goff who uh his quarterback had previously gotten hurt and I think he had Burrow or somebody, so mm-hmm. he plays Jared Goff against me. He gets five touchdowns and put up the single highest point total of the entire season in fantasy. To edge me out and i had a pretty good week i had the second highest total mm. of the first round of the playoffs but i'm eliminated now too
4: we all can relate the thing about this is just try to realize that overthinking here again you you will be right sometimes on those calls and it's just that they're very hard to remember when you're right, because the stigma is, you know, oh, just go with your first instinct, go with the just go with the simple, easy, clear, better choice and not get all tied up in all the rest of it. But there are times when it pays off to do that. So that's my uh, that's my feel good message here this holiday season. OK, and, and real quick. I'm, uh, I'm much more inexperienced at fantasy than you. I feel like
5: I go off of the projections that they give you too heavily at times. Like mm-hmm. last week I played somebody over ty chandler uh against the Bengals, and i should have played ty chandler but i was going off of the projections and and i feel like that's gotten me in
4: trouble as well well that's
5: and and i cover football for a living like shouldn't my projections and my gut feeling weigh as much as maybe someone punching in numbers for yahoo or esp
4: well you know that's it sounds right um the thing about projections that's, that's tricky and sometimes I think sort of misleading is their, their averages, right? They're like the, right. the the median gain here for Player X is 15 points, but the range of outcomes are way different than, you know, the next guy whose projection might also be 15 points. So uh, I guess maybe I'm like you. I, I can be too much of a slave to projections and sometimes it gets me beat and, uh, you know, sometimes, again, it doesn't. Um, cool. So... Let's get to set. It's three days ago now, but Saturday night, just for a couple of minutes here at least, and we can talk about the bigger picture. Uh, Was this a game for you, Eric, in L.A., more of a, yeah, the Bills, the clear better team, but the turnovers? Or was it maybe more of a struggle than simply, you know, the turnovers kept it close?
5: Yeah, I think turnovers played a a tremendous factor in the game. I think you found that like we talked about last week, could be a possibility. The Chargers try a lot harder with a new head coach. I mean, that looked like a totally different football team from a week before against the Raiders. They came out and played inspired football on the defense side of the ball, a team that turned the ball over five times a week before, and four of those are lost fumbles. They play turnover-free football in L.A. on Saturday night. And so, you know, that, that kind of extra motivation from the Chargers, short week in preparation traveling to the west coast it was a dog fight and look i mean this time of year especially it's about just getting the win and the bills found a way to get the win which is the ultimate positive and the ultimate thing that you went out west to get done but man i'll tell you what i was leaving the stadium afterwards and i still had a pit in my stomach thinking man they really could have dropped that one and you know been on the outside looking in here today. We'd be having a much different conversation,
4: right? Uh, I heard you talking about Gabe Davis earlier. Um, that one big play, you know, he he finally, if I if I may, comes through there after how it's been going. the The improv uh, from Allen, you know, uh, off script, and Davis ends up. Kenneth Murray, I think, is the player on Davis, a uh, linebacker, as he streaks down the right sideline. So, um, I, I, I'm again here for your thoughts on like Davis's importance. Down the stretch, that is a tremendous quarterback play. You know, I mean, we maybe get spoiled uh, what Allen does. They're not, you know, ending in the throw. Just amazing.
6: Yeah, his pocket presence
5: on that play to maneuver the pocket was incredible. Delivers a ball that is just on the outstretched arms of Gabe Davis to go in for a touchdown when they desperately needed it. Down ten to nothing at that point in the game. It was a heck of a throw, heck of a catch. And look, I mean, Gabe Davis, our our vision of Gabe Davis for this season has not come to fruition. That true number two receiver and everyone will look around the NFL and say, why don't we have a number two receiver like T Higgins? Well, a lot of teams want a number two receiver like T Higgins or a Waddle or an Iuk or whoever that may be. Everybody wants that, you know, big time second guy. Well, as this season has gone on, it's been either Kincaid Shakir. And I mean, heck, even as of late James Cook has at times the number two receiver behind digs and so gabe's touches have decreased but he's still getting the most snaps each and every week at the receiver position because of everything he does he's a great blocker he is reliable he gets other guys open he plays a role for this offense and he's a valuable asset he's just not the you know he's not going to be a consistent producer at this point of the season the way they're running their offense uh at, at this point and look i don't think anyone would sit here and say let's take the ball out of Kincaid, Shakir, or Cook's hands to make sure that Gabe gets more touches. And now I thought that this game against the Chargers would be the Stephon Diggs' get-right game. Well, when you turn the ball over three times, twice early in possession, one on a punt return, well, then you only have 51 total plays in the game, and Josh only has 21 attempts. So there wasn't um, a ton of a ton of throws to go around, I'll say, Um But it was nice to see Gabe step up. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Sean McDermott's comments, um, you know, Sean isn't much for fluff language in press conferences. And uh, I truly believe he means what he says when, you know, Gabe's a guy that they can rely on. He does everything right. And, you know, this is it paying off. But, you know, kind of going back to your fantasy team, it's not, (laughs) he's not, he's not T. Higgins. He's not that type of number two receiver. And that's okay.
4: Right. Yeah. Um, I I would like to add that, with one more game out of the last two, like Saturday, or even just two more modest games, basically two half games, if you will, from Saturday's numbers, he'll end up with career highs in almost everything. Like, I, th- I think the extent to which he has, whatever word you want, regressed, has been overstated. Like, he'll end up with the most catches in a season of his career. One more touchdown, it's the most touchdowns in a season of his career. Chance at most yards, outside chance at most targets. That's the the one where, like, that's been really conspicuous, Eric, how he hasn't been thrown the ball in certain games. But those are game script situations, too. Like, that's Dallas and the Jet game where they're way ahead. You know, Philadelphia, he got the ball a lot. Saturday, when they're losing. So, um, yeah, I'm okay here. I, I wonder about Diggs now where you have a game, I mean, what was it, eight targets on Saturday? I'm not sure that's right. Josh Allen's rating, passer rating on throws intended for digs, 29.7. That included a pick. It's been a long time since he's had a big game. Are you concerned?
5: I'm not overly concerned because, you know, it, it hasn't been needed for him to have a, a monster game as of late, uh, maybe the Philadelphia game and – you know, the the Bills offense certainly thrived in that game, and whether that's Diggs pulling defenders or whatever it may be, um, I'm not overly concerned other than the fact that big-time number-one receivers want the ball a lot, and as long as he's in a good headspace right now, then I'm completely fine with it. The Bills offense has looked good since Joe Brady's taken over, and so, no, I'm not overly concerned about it uh, in general for this Bills offense. I, I'm more concerned just – if Diggs is completely fine and he responded to Adam Schefter's tweet after the game <laughs> saying, Yeah, but we're winning games and that's all that matters. If if that's truly his mindset, then sure. You know, he hasn't taken he took the one shot to the, the head early in the game and had a little uh neck deal, but you know, he hopefully he's more fresh down the stretch or however it looks. But uh if if that makes sense. I I'm mm-hmm. just more concerned about him as a player. And as long as he's in the right headspace right now, you know, I think the emergence of James Cook and others is great for this offense.
4: Eric Wood jumping on early with us today. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas, everybody. Mike Shopeeer, Bulldog, is off. Sunday, it's New England. The Bills are, as of now, the same 12-point favorite that they were for the game in Los Angeles. Um, how dangerous is New England? Everything we know. They've they've beaten the Bills this year, but it's a, been a very rough season. They did win Sunday. How dangerous a spot is this?
5: Um, I, I would like to think not that dangerous of a spot. Now, you're going against Bailey Zappi, and he's put up decent stats, and it seems like the guys are kind of rallying around him. They're still playing great defensive football, but this is a game that the Bills should take care of business. I fully expect Sean McDermott to have these guys foaming at the mouth with comments from the media or Patriots players after the last time they played them and fully reminding them that this is a team that beat them early in the season and what's at stake. And so uh, you got your potentially and likely your last home game of the season. I expect this Bills team to come out and take care of business. But as the Broncos saw last week, you know, if, if you don't take care of business against the Patriots, the way they play defense, give them a little bit of something on offense this is the nfl anybody can beat anybody
4: yeah i mean we've had uh new england's defense have a good season it doesn't really feel like it because they're 4 and 11 or whatever they are but allen has also had outstanding games against belichick eric wood on the west Her hotline who would have your mvp vote eric it's been a wild year in that department i read at bet online today seven different players have been the betting favorites at different points of the season, including Josh Allen, although that's a long time ago. Now he's up to third in the odds, and it does seem kind of like being the favorite is a little bit the kiss of death, like Brock Purdy uh, going into last night's game. Would it be Allen for you? Would it be Lamar Jackson, who is the betting favorite? Again, that's sort of week to week.
5: Yeah, I mean, right now, honestly, I'd put Josh Allen as number one, and I'd probably put Christian McCaffrey as number two. Lamar number three and I understand that I cover the bills on a week-to-week basis and I watch them more than anybody but I also didn't drop Josh Allen off the planet like everyone else did after the most watched Monday Night Football game in NFL history Uh, week one when he had four turnovers and everyone said look he is who we thought he was it took six years but hey I'm gonna prove my draft (laughs) uh, grade right on Josh Allen here we go and you know it's gotten to the point where Josh Allen If people watch him snap by snap of every single game, uh, I think they would have different opinions of him to the point where Keyshawn Johnson walks off the set earlier today as um, –
4: Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman. Richard
5: Sherman. Yeah, Richard Sherman, who I think uh, researches and does as good a job as anyone uh, covering teams this year. You know, he makes a point about Josh Allen for MVP and Keyshawn Johnson walks off the set. Okay, are you truly – I mean, do you feel that strongly about the guy who leads the NFL in total touchdowns, uh, has 22 more touchdowns than he does turnovers on the season? Like, you feel that strongly about it? But uh, I I don't think McCaffrey will get it. But to me, if I'm giving it to anyone on the 49ers, and I understand that, you know, you're you're looking at 49ers and Ravens because they're the one seed in both conferences. You're looking at both of those for potential MVPs. And so it's probably, for me, I would give it to McCaffrey uh, on that team and then Lamar Jackson for the Ravens. And I'll say this, if Tyreek doesn't get hurt and he doesn't miss his production over these last couple of weeks, we might be talking about him in this conversation.
4: And we still might be again. It's been that kind of year, Miami and Baltimore on Sunday. Let's, let's talk about those teams and the AFC uh, picture here. Of course, the dolphins can freeze out the bills from the division if they get the win in Baltimore. They are four-point underdogs. I think the bills would be a shorter fi- a shorter underdog in the Ra- at the Ravens, excuse me, than Miami, but whatever, I might be wrong. Um, Miami as a Super Bowl contender. Bills have to play them, of course, next week. They've had success against the dolphins. Do you buy into the dolphins in the big picture here?
5: I do honestly. I mean, they're as explosive as anybody. They can score in bunches. They're they have some injuries on the defensive side of the football now, especially Phillips, their their top pass rusher. Hollins missed some time. Their uh, safety, who's excellent, um, but yeah, to me, I mean, they 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 certainly can do it. You know, if if you're not prepared for that offense, which the Bills were in Week Four, but if you're not prepared for that offense, they can just score in bunches. Um, you know, last week they they sputtered in the red zone, and so they just squeaked one out against the Cowboys, which, man, I, I mean, Tony Pollard was a disappointment to me on my fantasy team. And he just <laughs> capped it off, getting stuffed at the one-yard line like that, but uh, uh, but that's besides the point.
4: Mm. But um, Not really. But, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah, exactly. that all is the point. We keep coming back to it.
5: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah, we'll just do our fantasy roundup next year, uh the week the week. Let's I'm go. There. Uh maybe we'll maybe we'll do an extra segment. Yes. But uh we'll get it sponsored by someone else. But yes. uh, but yeah, to me, I mean honestly I, I do think the Dolphins they're, they're as dangerous as anyone right now. And you know, you get a Tyreek back fully healthy and waddle, I mean they can just they can they can get chunk play after chunk play on you um if
4: you're not ready for it. And Jalen Ramsey is making a difference now after missing much of the season. Baltimore, we're always talking about the quarterbacks, the offense, Lamar Jackson here again, but defensively, they are great. And last night, they messed with the 49ers, who I thought were supposed to be a team that could not be messed with. Um, Purdy ends up on the bench, from the MVP favorite to the bench in three, like not even three quarters. That's incredible.
5: Yeah, it truly is, and... Uh, Patrick Queen said it today, and it, it sure looks it. They're trying to play old school football out there. They're trying to rough everybody up defensively, and you know they do it legally without, you know, catching a bunch of penalties defensively. It's not like they're cheap shotting everybody, but they are physical on the defense side of the football. Lamar's played fairly efficiently this year, and yeah, the way that defense is playing in Baltimore right now makes them extremely tough.
4: You can. I'm assuming, then You you can also buy into the Ravens as a potential champ.
5: Yeah, I mean, when, the way I look at the AFC right now, um, and I would throw Kansas City in there as well, just the way their defense played, and then you know, Patrick Mahomes and that offense. You just everyone assumes they'll come alive at some point. Maybe they won't. But between Kansas City, Buffalo, Miami, Baltimore, to me, that looks like the class of the conference. I mean, over these last four or five weeks. Um, Baltimore probably look like the two best of those. But you know, on a week to week basis, it's hard to say who would be your unanimous favorite to come out of the AFC in my opinion.
4: I know how what you're what you're saying here about the Chiefs. Like you don't wanna you don't wanna be caught writing them off. But Eric, it is stunning how badly they're struggling on offense. I mean, all year, then you know they have the fewest points in the second half. You know they haven't scored twenty points, and like all year, that's been the conversation about the Chiefs. But this is rock bottom, isn't it? Against the Raiders, the, you can really go like two hours in the NFL in the year twenty twenty three without completing a pass and win at Arrowhead Stadium. Just like this, they're 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 kind of cracking. It seems with Kelsey throwing the helmet, and I don't know, like I. I don't want to get caught writing them off either. This is like the Patriots right after Brady left, or even like late Brady, where it's like, you know, bet against them at your own peril. But, hey, look, it's a it's a pretty fair chance you're going to be in Arrowhead Stadium again in like three weeks. I know,
5: I know. and It'll probably be a night game. I'll be stuck in traffic there till 2 in the morning with a, you know, it's central time, so a 5 a.m. flight. Yeah, that's, that's likely what's going to happen here. Yeah, the defense is playing well in Kansas City. Uh, yesterday they had those back-to-back uh, touchdowns they give the Raiders' defense. And, you know, it's there's there's frustration boiling there. Uh, you know, we saw it come to a head with Mahomes and Andy Reid after the Bills game. Mahomes, they caught him on camera yesterday uh, with some explicitives, uh, expletives saying call the play, basically mouthing it to himself or saying it to himself because there's not a two-way microphone in the headset. But I guess Andy Reid hadn't called the play fast enough for his liking it's just yeah it seems like there's a lot of frustrations boiling in Kansas City right now and a lot of it's just a lack of playmakers I mean mean, Travis Kelsey he had a, a fine game yesterday and at times he looks like the player he once was but we talked about it on the show at one point you know you have a knee injury in the preseason like he did you know it doesn't always affect you that first little while in the season but you're never giving it time to heal And it seems like he's lost a little bit of a step. You can't rely on Tony for anything. And then beyond that, you know, Rasheed Rice is having a nice year, but he's not an explosive, you know, kind of Andy Reid-type receiver we've seen there. Pacheco's uh, re-enters the lineup yesterday. But, you know, he's a a good player, but not a game-breaking type player either.
4: And he went back out anyway uh, with a concussion. So Kelsey's 34, your boy 34. But that's a – it's a really good and important point on the injury. I mean, I I have not thought about that at all. But he get he misses the opener, with the knee injury, Kelsey, and you would know. I mean, that can be a kind of thing that you just have a tough time getting all the way past.
5: So right, yeah. It's like it's once something starts popping up during the season, it might kind of go away, but you know, knees are pretty serious. And if this was serious enough to miss time and training camp miss the opener, that's a pretty serious deal. Well, you manage it through the season. There's likely something, you know, some type of procedure or rest or whatever it is, rehab that comes in the off season, and hopefully you get it all the way back, but it's virtually impossible to do that throughout a regular season. And so I would assume that that's what's bothering him because to me, it just doesn't seem like the same explosive type player, or maybe it's just simply they don't have enough around them to take enough attention off of him.
4: Right. Thank you for today, Eric. Happy to uh, maneuver with the schedule and all. And we will talk again on New Year's Day.
5: Okay. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Thank you for being flexible. Hope you guys had a great Christmas. I was hoping to see you out in Disneyland, but we'll have to, <laughs> connect. We'll have to connect out at Disney another time.
4: I haven't told everybody that one, but I will. Thank you, Eric. Uh, Merry Christmas. Talk to you next week.
5: Yeah, sorry for spilling the beans. <laughs>
4: That's fine. No. Uh, very good. One, what was it? I was off Wednesday on. And it might have been Wednesday night where I'm actually looking at flights and maybe my my son is out of school, my daughter isn't, I'm off work, my wife isn't, maybe we just jump to Los Angeles for the weekend. No people there, bills are there. So I texted Eric, like, just wondering, uh, we've talked about Disney a hundred times, what's the plan just in case... And he's so good. Like, he gave me all the plans. And then the next morning, he's like, are you here? Where? What's, what's the... Your
0: fever is high, and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co-worker of yours.
2: Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days. Wind chill. Black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here?
0: Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived!
4: Deal. and I woke up the next morning and be like don't be ridiculous we got a puppy on Wednesday it's Christmas I'm going to just whisk my son to Los Angeles for a, for four days if that yeah I just sort of uh, good thing I didn't buy the tickets I came pretty close Eric Wood's appearance on WGR brought to you by Northwest Bank for what's next get started at northwest.com by Arthur Pressman your DWI and traffic attorney don't mail it in By Northtown Automotive, whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. And by the Good Feet Store, don't just live with foot pain. Visit the Good Feet Store on Walden today. Your calls are welcome next. We'll be busy. And I know we didn't do the reverse AFC power rankings, which um, maybe we'll slip in. Or maybe we can just sort of do that tomorrow and talk about everything that happened here over the weekend. Sal Capaccio, Ross Tucker as well today. Bulldog is off. This is Mike Shope on WGR.
6: But they came out and they played hard. They had a really good game plan. It's tough because when you're playing a team with nothing to lose, that's a dangerous team and that was a dangerous team we played today got it out and found a way.
4: Josh Allen's Saturday night does it feel like a long time ago? I think it probably would for many just with the hustle and bustle I needed a hashtag of the of Christmas weekend for me personally like that's often a because of the you know NFL schedule um Christmas on like a Thursday or Friday or something, you get the one day off, Thursday. So you get the one day off here, but then you're back the next day. Important football game to talk about, probably. The new reality. <laughs> These games, the end of the season, really mattering uh, in recent years for the Bills. And then you're back at it on Monday. That's it. Christmas on a Monday, coupled with the Bills playing on Saturday night, was like the best it's ever could ever be for me. That was just perfect, because that way I'm not doing the post-game show on Saturday. Too late. I'm just getting older, and they feel like it's just too late for me to be up. So then Sunday is an off day, and Monday is an off day, and there's just wall-to-wall NFL. So good. Plus, you know, typical Christmas kind of routine. Yesterday, you've got the presents being opened. You've got off to your sisters, off to your wife's sisters. You know, there's cooking to do. There's putting the things together that... Santa brought to do not too old to enjoy that terrible at it terrible at it as you may know like I'm just not good at anything like that uh now actually my kids are one's a teenager one's almost and more of what they get for christmas is tech so it's like you need a password you need you know a, a, a credit card for a 30 day trial just all these different things, and it's it was at one point yesterday. Christmas went. For, it just turned dramatically from this is wonderful. I'm overcome to this is hell because you, you've got the the, the, re- the password request, and then the email. Not that this company was not the text message, but it's the email that you get, and you only you have ten minutes. And my email. Server, I think, maybe was blocking the request, and I was just never getting it, and I'm just doing it over and over. Did you not get the code? Click here if you did not receive the code, and we will send you another code. The code wasn't the point or the problem. The problem is my work email does not like you or does not trust you. That's better. It might like you very much, but does not trust you to send me this code or anyone. So then it's just get me out of here, right? At uh nine, I'm loving everything about the day, the morning, how it sets up, these games, visits to family members, nine fifteen. Just can we take it back? No, because it was Amazon. You can't Amazon isn't open. We can't take it. What do we do? How do we get out of this? Maybe you can relate on some level. Mike Schopier, Bulldog is off this week. Lines are open for you. 803 0550. Let's talk about this playoff picture and the Bills' chances. I mean, we've spent a lot of time on percentages, and very different from two weeks ago. Uh, Their percentages now are excellent. Two wins, and they can't do worse than the six. Two wins and a Baltimore win over Miami this week, and the Bills will be the division champs, and that will be the two. Is that definite? Can Kansas City... No, the Bills have beaten Kansas City. The Bills will have a better record anyway. Right? They're tied, or they would be tied. They're both 9-6. and You know what I might want is the standings. I might want to throw that thing up here. I'm on my 25 tabs that are open. I might want the standings. Um, Ravens-Dolphins this week. uh, Huge, of course. The winner will have the best look at the one seed. Miami is a game behind baltimore but would have a head-to-head win over them in that case and with a win over the bills would be the one as i said to eric wood if you don't get help from baltimore which i mean is there a team in the league you'd better ask for the dolphins to have to play here i don't know it's a, a road spot at the ravens they are looking good um still they're not a huge favorite though so you've got this uh setup here where you could very well have If the Dolphins win in Baltimore, the Bills winning here and maybe even if they need to win the final game, setting up as the sixth seed and going to Kansas City. Kansas City is very lucky that they don't have better competition right now in that division because they are perilously close. They would be perilously close to being out of it. I mean, 9-6, and you've got Indianapolis, one of... What, four teams at eight and seven? That's the seven spot, and then eight, nine, 10. And the Chiefs at nine and six, they just look inept. It's the most interesting thing, I think, right now in the NFL is that a Patrick Mahomes team cannot move the ball. Eventually, they get that touchdown late, but you've got the Raiders who just dug too big a hole. Then their their offense is terrible, too. That one glitch game against the Chargers that got their coach fired is like the only anything they've done on offense in a month. So them, Denver, which just isn't good, and the Chargers without Justin Herbert, now 5-10. and 10, It's still like 99%. Kansas City, one win. They, they might be able to win the division without another win. And the AFC South, everybody loses on Sunday – so 8-7 and seven, three times, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, and Houston. The Chiefs have beaten Jacksonville. So the Jaguars would have to make up two games on Kansas City to flip those two teams in the playoff seating, which I bring up because if the Bills are the six, it's not likely that Jacksonville will end up as the three. The Chiefs, they have Cincinnati. I mean, I guess that's not a gimme. Nothing's a gimme the way they look. And then... Is it the Raiders again? Who do they end with? I think it, it's the Chargers or the Raiders, the Week 18, Kansas City. It's the Chargers. So, I mean, they're going to be favored twice no matter how bad they look compared to what we're used to. Just incredible to see them crack like this. Eric laid it out. Kelsey throwing the helmet. Mahomes screaming at linemen. you know, seemingly having enough with Reed in that one moment in the game, not getting the plays in just uh (laughs) really interesting so buckle up for another potentially another bills chiefs playoff game and again that's not the worst case scenario of course but there is some likelihood of the bills getting better than that uh depending on what happens in baltimore on sunday let's go to the phones we've got chris with us hi chris
6: hi mike thanks for taking my call merry christmas
4: merry christmas to you
6: um whatever happens with your puppy in the next couple months, it gets better. <laughs> whatever happens.
4: It's pretty It's pretty good right now. I mean, we are getting up at night and there's some cleaning up to do, but it's pretty good right now too. But thank you.
6: Absolutely. So, um, I can't think of a time like, as I sit here right now, that I've, I would say I've been more confident about playing Kansas city on the road. And it's not, it's not just, um, like how they they seem to be in imploding. Um, but we've talked about in previous weeks, you guys have talked about like, oh, would you really be worried about playing Baltimore on the road um, or playing Baltimore in a playoff game? Yep. Uh, I would be now. I mean, after last night, I, I don't. I think they deserve to be the one seed. And we, often the one seed isn't always the best team, like that year when the Titans were, um, clearly. Um, so I'd much rather play them on the road. And the other thing that I think doesn't get talked about is the national conversation has been for many weeks this season about how Josh Allen throws a lot of interceptions, and he does. But you know who has one less interception than he does? Patrick Mahomes does. He turns the ball over um, just as much. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to say is, and pardon the uh, analogy because it's a different sport, but what this feels like, which is <laughs> very analytical, what this feels like to me. Um, so uh, being in D.C., I'm a Nationals fan. And in 2019, oh. when, they won, when they won the whole thing, they were 18-34. and 34. Um, they, had, they had incredibly talented um, pitching staff. They had won a lot of games, just like the Bills, like won a bunch of games but had, you know, not been successful in the playoffs. And we were all but dead and buried. And they just got on a run at the right time after the break. And I know it's a different sport. But that's what it feels like to me. So.
4: Well, here's hoping, uh, Chris. The one thing that I i just you you brought up a lot of interesting points and I want to get to our next caller here, but the one thing I would say to the many things you said, the, the comp to a team like the Washington Nationals that applies, you know, also applies to the Bills, part of that point is they haven't won yet or ever. So there's a expectation that or a, a thought that your team is incapable of it, and I just never, ever, ever subscribe to that. I don't think the players sometimes even know their franchise's history. I doubt that they care. I doubt that a single player on the Bills feels accountable for the four Super Bowl losses in a row or or anything else in the, in the history of the team before they got here, and I just don't think it matters at all. I think it sort of... I think it's an old-fashioned sort of point back from decades ago before players moved around. And you might have teams back in the 1970s, say, that had a a core group of players that maybe weren't good enough or had some sort of psychological thing that held them back in the crunch time, whatever. I just think it's totally irrelevant. And so this has been an interesting year with – the Sean McDermott article by Tyler Dunn and this, all the speculation and what the Bills should do next year. Fans were to that by Halloween and just like, not yet, not yet, not yet. And I just have never thought that there's anything about the bills that means they can't win it. The closest thing has always been, does McDermott tighten up too much to the point where you could not win playoff games with him coaching. And I would never go that far. I mean, a lot of, to me, mediocre coaches even win Super Bowls. So, um, I don't. I'm not saying he's mediocre either. Yeah, like, it's definitely on for me. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that, while we had to in, indulge in the conversation about next year and coaching changes and everything, because that's where fans were. I'm happy that I never gave up uh, on this year. Um, it's very much live. Luke is next. Hi, Luke. Hey, Mike, I hope you had a magical Christmas. Uh, Magical is the word. There you go. Um,
3: I called a few weeks ago, and uh, Bulldog was on, too. I think it was after... I I really couldn't tell you, but I don't know if you remember. I told you I bet $300 on the bills to make the playoffs. I gave a pitch about how we were going to go undefeated between January and March, or December through January and February, all the way to March. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't know if you recall, but... Just wanted to check in say that DraftKings is offering me a lot of money right now. I refuse to take it. I'm riding all the way through the end. I know we got a couple weeks left here, but I don't think Miami looks fantastic. They're definitely good, but they've got a couple injuries in the defense. I um, know their center, I think, is out now. Um, yes. So Ed Oliver going to have fun with that, I think. Luke, your bet, um, your bet
4: is on the Bills to win the division, you
3: said? The bet is on. I've, I've got a couple, but mostly to make the playoffs. But I also put okay. fifty on them to win the division.
4: Well, you're not ta- you're not taking the cash out on making the playoffs at this point because they're too the odds are too good. I would right, think. Right, like right, you right. said, you're not gonna. In terms of the division, you could just bet the Ravens. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Right. Could do that, but I'm going to write it out. I also threw a little on um, Bills Forty Nine ers Super Bowl, which I think is has some nice value right now.
4: Well, you know, good luck. I mean, it had a lot more. When you bet it, if you bet it a month ago or more than that, we've had that that's been a big part of the the discourse here all year is like is this the with Trista say like is this the best time to bet the bills? Are you ever going to get a better price, and then they lose to New England and they lose to Denver and lose to Philadelphia, and we sort of kept asking that, but it was again looking at it from now, it was right to ask because like now I wouldn't want to bet the bills for anything. The prices have gone all the way back the other way in terms of like fantasy stuff where you're you're drafting playoff teams. Now the Bills guys are too expensive. A, a couple of weeks ago, people weren't expecting them to make it at all, so um, they were cheaper. So I wouldn't bet them now, but if you did what Luke did and did so a few weeks ago, I think you, you look great. Thank you, Luke. Sal Capaccio coming up at 4, Ross Tucker at 5. Bulldog is off. This is Mike Shope on WGR. Getting back into work mode here with Christmas behind us. Rookie mistake. One, uh, I'm almost too embarrassed to admit it. But here you're supposed to admit things that embarrass you. You're supposed to make sure to remember them. How powerful is Cox Internet?
2: Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.
4: No, it's not embarrassing at all, but I did make the rookie mistake of closing my work email account, I don't know, like Thursday or Friday. So I still get work email, I'll still get a little notification on my phone and I'll see like, okay, well, here's a thing that you need to know, great. But the vast majority is not important because it doesn't come from inside the office, like it's... Just, you know, here are your fantasy results or just different spammy type stuff. So you know it when you get back to work the first day and you've got 300 new emails. It should be more than that, except for the ones that when I get them on my phone, just in that moment, I'll, you know, delete them. But so that takes uh, that takes time off your life, The, the literal time you spend deleting and then just the frustration of it. We got we got through it. We got through it earlier today, though. So that's good. The Bills and New England at 1 on Sunday. We've got the Jets and Browns Thursday night to kick off the week. The Jets have already ruled out Zach Wilson. And Cleveland is live. Cleveland rolls in Houston. Uh, a friend asked me yesterday who I should have wanted for the Bills' sake, Cleveland or Houston, in that game. And I should tell you now, like I don't know that answer. What I told him was... Not knowing the math on it, because the answer is whatever the math would say, I think. My intuition was that the Browns winning would be better for two reasons. Houston just one more team at nine wins if they were to win the game with Cleveland and with Buffalo. And also the AFC South is still not Jacksonville's and you could conceivably, the Bills could conceivably have a tiebreaker problem with the Jaguars if Houston or Indianapolis moves ahead. Still possible. I mean, Jacksonville looks bad. I picked them on Friday in the pick segment with Bulldog because I thought the line was fishy. There's my overthinking again. They were they were favored, I believe, in Tampa. If they weren't, they were two-and-a-half-point underdog, but I think I only picked them because they were favored. Because I didn't get it. Lawrence was... See, there's two kinds of people. I'm not sure which is better. There's two kinds of people. One would see a point spread and think that doesn't make sense, and go with the team you think is getting the benefit, or, or, or you know, you go with what sort of your your brain tells you to do. In this case, well, why why is Jacksonville favored at Tampa? Tampa's looking good; they're home. Lawrence is hurt. Tampa, and the other kind of people is like me, you know. Hi, if uh, you're in on, on my side of this fence. Where you see the line in your judgment, it's, it's odd, and so you bet against yourself. What does it make What am I missing that the Jaguars will be favored here? The pick should be the Jaguars. I, I guess I'm missing something. And they get handled by the Buccaneers. So eight and seven three times there, Cleveland winning in Houston, 10 wins now for the Browns. When I did some research last week for an article at wGR550.com, on Cleveland it was that one win set them up beautifully to make it in, as a wild card still have a chance that they still even do with Baltimore's win anyway uh chance at the AFC North but some something around 99% 95 to 97% something like that with just one of those three wins and they got it already so they have the Jets at home come on and then Cincinnati who they've played very well against, uh, to end it. Cleveland is, let's see, do they have it clinched? Do they have a spot clinched if they win this game? I'm trying to find that. Yes. Cleveland has a a playoff spot clinched if they win Thursday night, or the Steelers lose, or the Bills lose, or the Jaguars lose, or the Texans and Colts lose. I'm at a site called NFL Playoff Scenarios.com, by the way, for that. I'm not just riffing that. I'm not I'm not that good. So Cleveland is one win away, and that's why I answered that the Browns re- winning was the better result for the Bills. I thought. Just there's three spots, you only need one of them. Let's let's uh give in to uh, the Browns here. Very interesting team though. Joe Flacco is working out so far. Can they win playoff games? Can, can Cleveland go, say Cleveland's the five. Can they go to Jacksonville and win in the play? Absolutely. Can they go to Arrowhead? Right now, anybody can go to Arrowhead and win, apparently. So, Browns, I don't see the Browns going all the way. But I wouldn't rule out a, a playoff win for that team. There's a lot of good players. I've said it all year about Cleveland. The power ranking stuff we do, a lot of good players there. Flacco is getting through it. And he's getting Amari Cooper off 250 yards. And Joku is a nice talent, is, is contributing to Cleveland. Running game is a running game, whatever. Interesting team. Time out here. Sal Capaccio joins me next. This is Mike Shope on WGR.
1: Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys, your choice of colors starting at just three ninety nine. Ashley sleep mattresses starting at two fifty. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases, and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with sixty month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment. Down payment tax and delivery may be required. See store for details.
2: Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here?
0: Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived.